When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. How about some more bees, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough. (laughs) (laughs) I understand there's a new sheriff. (laughs) Who wants to kill him? Yeah, one of the more famous scenes in movie history, the old campfire on Blazing Saddles where the boys had a little gas with the beans. I got to say one thing. Looking at the looking at that video again, Manny. Mm-hmm. The beans we had today much tastier than those. They were kind of watered. The ones in Blazing yeah, Saddles. Yeah, they looked like they were watery, watered down, didn't have a light, whole lot of flavor, light, maybe. Light brown. Yeah, the ones they, we had today were they fantastic. Were fantastic they were beans. Yeah. Uh, we had a little uh, barbecue. We did not uh, manage to make our assault early. I was occupied. The stay. So we, we basically we let were the respectful. guys go. We yeah. were respectful. Uh, but I came up with a bean problem. It was, uh, the beans were of all the items they had out there, it was a barbecue, and the brisket was good, and the chicken was really good. I don't eat coleslaw. There's no reason that anyone should have ever invented it. It's crap. Uh, As my dad calls it, silage. (laughs) Silage. Silage. I agree with your dad. Uh, But it was pretty good. But what I did was, I liked the beans so much, I I got a little cup for a side order. Oh, sure. Yeah. I just thought I'd, an hour later, might eat them. So I was eating them with the fork and out of the cup and not paying much attention. And I wore, I happened to wear a gray shirt in here today. Looked like I had three bullet holes in me. Uh, big gobs of beans. One right on top of my fat gut, one on my left breast, and the other one down low on my... Somehow I got one around the side of me, too. Okay, I have <laughs> so, questions. I yes. have questions. So you didn't notice the carnage notice, until no. until it was until, in full well, no, display. until I dropped one. Obviously, I dropped one, mm-hmm. and it hit in the middle of my shirt. And you felt it hit and your I shirt. And I said, oh, bleep. And then I looked, and there was another one below it. And then as I inspected it more, there's another one around the side. So you were that? So I might have, the first time, during my first helping of beans, I might have gotten myself and didn't notice it. You know, that's <laughs> okay. a possibility. So this was on the second helping that you discovered. Anyway, for that reason, I'm wearing a My Talk t-shirt mm-hmm. right now. They had a, they, uh, we didn't have any. I don't know if we just stopped selling them. Well, we oh, raided the, we raided the closet the okay. other day. But, uh, they came up with a two X or a little stretching. I'm wearing a my talk t-shirt today. So, well, that's and the good. reason beans, beans. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the, uh, uh, but I'll tell you what, those were 
well-made beans are. Uh, Here's the a, key. It's, uh, you got to have. There's got to be, be a little thick. kick to them. It's got to be a little thick. thick. Yep. Yep. And but, they had a little sweet to it too. So yes. there must have been a little barbecue sauce in there mm-hmm. or something. But they were outstanding. Yes, that was true. So anyway, uh, that's uh, I just wanted to explain to the viewers why I'm wearing a My Talk T-shirt, <laughs> even though viewers. this is a radio show. You know what we're go- you know what we're going to have today? Spontaneity. <laughs> I believe in our uh, Manny. How long have you been? Three years now? A little more? Uh, a little less than three years. That was December of 2015 yeah, when I December joined. December 2015. I think, uh, is this the first non-scheduled uh, show we've had? Oh, my God. I just realized that you wasn't said a one. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized. Oh, crap, I was so worried about finding a shirt, I forgot to do a schedule. So uh, we got the deal. We got collar out covering the... Uh, oh, yeah. We got collar out. You know out. we have? Joint practice today. Yes, we, we do. Have joint practice to break down. Even though Zim has vowed not to have any fights, we can't wait to get a report from. Uh, we're going to have collar right on here at four fifteen, and then Buster. Oh, at, beautiful! Uh, yeah, Buster Buster you don't at, need a uh, schedule when you got that kind of no. firepower. And uh, we have, uh, I think, we have a this day in history, and <laughs> we uh, we we know what we're going to do for that. And we also have a sports person of the day. The sports person of the day is, is one I'm especially excited for yes. because of the sound that we're going to be playing mm-hmm. for for that. So yes, and uh, spontaneity. I you know who's become quite a scamp in his old age, Chris Miller. Okay, from the you know he's one of our sports assistant sports editors yep. over yep. at the paper. Duluth again. Yeah, oh, he was in Duluth for a while, and he had a great. What's the he, three four weeks ago? He had a fantastic tweet that I wished I had. But today, when they honored Joe West uh, for becoming number two mm-hmm. on the all time number of major league games umpired, number one is Bill Clem, who was nineteen tens, twenties Thursday. Uh, 30s, you know, he was ancient umpire when they only had eight of them or right. something. And uh, and he, Chris Miller uh, uh, tweeted out that uh, Bill Clem would be represented by his good friend Sid Hartman. <laughs> 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 that was another one. I wish I'd thought of that one. Now, walk me through the Joe West history, because if I recall correctly, last year at the All-Star Game, he took he a it. selfie with Nelson Cruz because that was supposed yes, to be it. I thought so too. But, but now he's back this year. Yeah, he's back. You can't tell me that the the, no. the major league don't baseball. Don't you hate that when guys say they're going to retire? Oh, you know if you don't watch it, you're going to get run. They're going to retire. They're going to retire you right. before you retire. <laughs> I yeah. love the guy that came after you on Twitter when in 1997 you wrote the column "One More Year to Enjoy the Festivities" or whatever. No, no, no. Was that, that a call? No, no that, you... that was about the uh, twins leaving town. Oh, when oh, they were threatening, when they were threatening to leave town, and I, North I, Carolina. I wouldn't say I went hook, hook, line, and sinker, but as a uh, ardent baseball fan, I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on this board with this. Okay, say, yeah, no, that's when they were gonna move to <laughs> what. Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, or yeah. some damn place. They were gonna, know, was, it, to, was it Charlotte? The, the Triad. Were move to? They're going to move to the tree. I try, try it. Uh, the three. Uh, what's no? What are the three cities? Winston Salem, blah blah. The the three smaller towns. Remember? Yeah, there was like the fifty first biggest market in the country. Oh, remember God. that one? <laughs> and uh, and that was uh, they. They had a press conference over uh, where the hell they have it. They have a press conference basically to. And the politicians were there saying, it's over. They're gone. And I wrote 
you know, I got a new one. Whenever somebody brings up a er, uh, erroneous column like that, I just tweet them back, say, I needed a column. I really needed a <laughs> column that day. I had to have something. Yeah, I needed something. <laughs> I needed something. Anyway, uh, the great caller will uh, be uh, with us to tell us what happened out at uh, Egan today. Boy, but I hope. Boy, I have a hard time not saying Eden Prairie. Well, we got. Uh, I don't like TCO. In our final run, my goal is for us to figure out a nickname for that yes. place. We yeah, got to figure come, out I something. I haven't come up. I haven't. I have not come up with it. That's for sure. All righty, we'll be back. The traffic man has arrived, and boy, there was some bad traffic this morning after that fatal up on uh, uh, 694, wasn't it, or 494? 94. 94. Yeah, that was brutal. All right, we'll be back. Matthew Collar covers the Vikings for 1500ESPN.com. So uh, where is the media gathered to watch this scrimmage here, sir? Uh, well, it's not really a scrimmage. It's more of just a joint practice. Oh, okay. So it's, the, it's the same usual media gathering as it has been. Uh, so I've just been standing out trying to find a little bit of shade underneath the scoreboard where I could see both sides of the field. So on one field you have one offense versus one defense, and then on another field you have another offense versus defense. And they uh, right now are sort of split into individual groups on the three different fields. So let's say, you know, Jaguars defensive linemen are going up against Vikings offensive linemen and that sort of thing. Have we uh, carted anyone off from either team as of yet? That is always the most important thing. Well, I'm glad you asked because the answer is yes. Yes, we have. Uh, But that player, I'm not going to say anyone is not important, but uh, Josiah Price, the number four or five or six tight end, uh, was carted off and looked really upset, like maybe he won't ever be coming back. So we do have a cart off so far, just not a starter or a player that was likely to make the team. And we have avoided uh, fisticuffs, as Coach Zimmer was warning his team to avoid. Is this true? Correct. They had uh, 12 players from each team all get together before this and talk about how they were going to try to avoid any sort of camp fights Zimmer said he doesn't want to be on TV. Like, you know, every camp fight ends up being uh, the, the video shared all over the place. So he doesn't want that. But I also think about, like, didn't every other coaching staff also yes. tell all of their players the same thing when Washington was fighting with the Jets? Like, did, they just didn't think of it. Like, you're the only guys to think of it. But so far, it has been pretty calm. Obviously. It is really true, though, that there were coaches that used to celebrate that. And that's uh, that, uh, that ship has sailed. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, you know, even when they fight each other in camp, yes. uh, Avion Collins and Devontae Downs got into it, and it was like, no, 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 we don't want any of that because that's just a really easy way for somebody to get hurt. Laquan Treadwell got hurt last year in camp fighting with Antoine Exum, so they don't want any of that now. Uh, well, uh, do you see what, – what is – when you're playing against other guys, do you see a difference in the pace from a regular practice, or is it the same thing? I, I think if it was early in camp, I would say, no, not really. But, I mean, when you get 12 or 13 days in, the guys are definitely dragging a little bit, and they've gone against the same guy over and over and over again, and there's a much slower feel to it. I think this does, if there's one positive, it does inject a little energy into everybody. It's kind of something new to talk about, and then you see guys try to, you know, step their game up a, a little bit, you know, when you're going against somebody else's defensive lineman and it, it also maybe helps that you don't know their tendencies. So after a while, you might get it down that you know a certain guy does the same thing all the time, but you're not going to know that when it's somebody from the AFC who you've never played against before. 
So it's kind of good experience. It also helps the team evaluate a little bit. I can see where there's that value. I just don't know how much that's actually worth in terms of wins in the regular season, especially since they won 13 games. But if this is all calm and nobody gets hurt, then you know maybe there's one thing that they take away from it somewhere, uh, maybe something that they were doing that the Jaguars alerted them to or whatever else, because the two coaching staffs can help each other because they're not playing against each other and they're not in the same conference, so why not? Hey Matthew, how much action? How many plays of actual combat uh, between an offensive line from Minnesota and a defensive line from Jacksonville's starters, first teamers? So there have been a handful so far. I imagine we'll get back into it here in a little bit because it's kind of just you know offensive lines versus defensive lines and things like that right now. Receivers versus corners. Uh, overall, first team versus first team. Uh, you know maybe. 10 earlier and then there will be 10 a little bit later it's not it's not going to be a ton I, I think it's probably just I, I appreciated Mike Zimmer actually explaining that the Jaguars have a defense that is similar to several different teams that they play Seattle and San Francisco so that maybe they can do some things against that scheme that they can get a feel for so at least there is some explanation for why they would want to do this but it's not going to be a whole lot if, if anybody was booking tickets for this day because they thought, oh, man, we're going to watch these two teams really go at it. Well, they're, they're really not. Where do you uh, think Jacksonville is athletically in the league as far as uh, really good eight, you know, numbers of players? So I would put it like this. I mean, Jacksonville is basically the Minnesota Vikings self, except for the Jaguars do not have the level of quarterback that the Vikings do. That when you go position by position, I mean, they have – uh, better receivers than people think. They've got a really, really talented running back. Their offensive line, though, is probably the difference maker there. Andrew Norwell, who they signed, is an absolute monster. And their defensive line is top three or four in the league. Uh, they didn't bring Jalen Ramsey because they suspended him yes. for the week. But, but the, I mean, their corners, their safeties, their secondary is probably top three or four in the league. So if you're talking about the level of talent that you get to see here, yeah, it's, it's not like you brought some scrub team. I mean, this team is really stacked from top to bottom. Now, Coughlin only came in last year, but uh, somebody had to be doing some good uh, drafting down there before well, him. It was just a, yeah, it was just a lot of drafting and, and also a lot of saving of cap space, too. Yes. And so when they wanted to sign A.J. Bouye, uh, who's a top cornerback, they were able to pay him probably more than anybody else would have. Uh, but, you know, he's playing uh, alongside Jalen Ramsey, and that's pretty good for him. And the same thing with Norwell is that they knew they needed to improve a little bit on the offensive line to maximize Leonard Fournette, and they just threw a ton of money at Norwell to get him down here. So there is that they have a lot of talent on rookie contracts and then that they've spent in some key places. And part of that is not paying or actually having Blake Bortles on his rookie contract, so not paying a quarterback a ton of money um, has helped them build this, Team too, so uh, they're kind of one of those examples of teams that was able to through a lot of losing and a lot of like not having to pay a quarterback yet um, has really stacked up their roster and gives themselves a chance to be competitive even if Blake Bortles isn't that great. So uh, how's our guy uh, Mackenzie Alexander going to take it if uh, you got your two starting corners and you got your two starting safeties uh, and then you got. Uh, uh, the, the Hughes kid coming on to be a slot, uh, you know, to be the fifth defensive back. And then you got old Terrence Newman's going to have to get some snaps. Uh, how's Mac going to take it if he's standing over on the sideline about 80% of the time? 
You know, I, I'm starting to think yesterday after talking with Mike Zimmer that the buzz around Mike Hughes is real, especially since Mike Zimmer is nobody's hype man. Uh, yes. So he only just tell, he only tells you what's going on, and if he's raving about a cornerback, then that means that that guy is performing really well. And since Mike Hughes got first team reps yesterday, uh, we'll see what happens here as we go along in the day. If he's playing some first team here against the Jaguars too, and especially in the preseason game, will will tell us where he stands. But at this moment, if I was putting my money down, I say Mike Hughes wins that job because. His intelligence has really stood out to Mike Zimmer, and that's A number one for him. Uh, he has kind of picked it up like a sponge, which is something Mackenzie Alexander didn't do. And the difference between them is that Hughes is just a better athlete. I mean, when you look at his combine results, he wasn't one of the fastest guys, but everything else, he was one of the strongest, one of the better jumpers. And, like, Mackenzie Alexander is not the athlete that Hughes is. So if he's ahead mentally and he's a better athlete, uh, the choice would be pretty easy if he continues to perform like he did the other night against Denver. Hey, uh, I uh, I did not glue myself to the TV for game one. Uh, did Newman play? Uh, Newman, I don't believe, played. We're, we're pretty much uh, going to let him be the executive watcher and then get on the field a little bit once the season starts. Is that it or what? Yeah, and you know, last year in camp, too, he looked terrible, but then he ended up winning the nickel job. And part of it is that Newman is pretty clever. So he sets up his whole workout routine, everything else, to be at the best shape when the season starts, not when camp starts. And a lot of the other guys, they get ready for camp and they work out all off season, and they're in their twenties, so it's fine. But he has to be a little more savvy. So I think that they're giving him as much off time as possible, and uh, you know, then he'll be ready to go. But his role is going to be pretty limited this year, I think. That was probably part of drafting Hughes. Is okay, we want Newman back, but we don't want to ask him to play 55% of plays. We want him as kind of the just-in-case at safety or in corner, and then he kind of mixes in and really just continues the teacher role, which, I mean, that is a real thing. I I did a big story on it last year, uh, the impact that he's had on this entire organization, not only with the defensive backs, but with the wide receivers too, and it's really incredible that to a man, he has tangibly impacted their careers from Xavier Rhodes to – Stephon Diggs to Teddy Bridgewater when he was here and and on down the line. Okay, does he? He obviously stays in the organization when he retires, I would guess. And this is his last year. Is he more of a front office guy or an on the field guy? I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, it seems like he loves teaching. So I think he might be a Jerry Gray type where he just becomes a defensive back coach. Uh, But, I mean, he is the smartest football mind for a player that I've ever been around. I mean, I, I make sure that I go up to him a few times during the season and ask him something real, you know, technically or whatever else, and the detail that he can go into at the snap of the fingers. And, you know, there was one time I asked him to compare Stephon Diggs to another receiver, and he pulled out a scouting report on a guy, I think it was Terry Glenn, from years and years ago and described every bit of Terry Glenn's skills. It was like, okay, you're a freak. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, he has an incredible mind. You know, I, I heard you talking with uh, Jim Cott, you know, yes. yesterday. And it's, the sa- it's the same kind of thing where you just can't believe the, the mind for the game that some of these guys have. So whatever they ask him to do or whatever he agrees to do, I'm with you that he should stay in this organization and be working with the Minnesota Vikings and Mike Zimmer beyond this. And uh, it is uh... – it, it it is incredible when you when you get the guy that uh, who, who decides to actually study the game instead of just uh, rely on their talent to play and stick around till they're forty years old. It's uh, the, the guy is a phenomenon. There's no doubt about it. 
Yeah, and he's taught everybody else how to do that. And that's the, the impact that you really see is, you know, everybody talks about, oh, you got to have veterans, you got to have veterans. Well, some veterans are trying to protect their jobs, and yes. they don't give a bleep about whether the rookies know what they're doing. Newman's lack of ego has really been the, the key part of all of this because, you know, he's known for a while what they want him here for, and that's to train Xavier Rhodes. He runs his own film sessions individually uh, with the other guys away from any coaches every single week. So he brings them there on their off day and runs it himself and goes through the tape and what he's found when he goes home. So, I mean, it's, it's really incredible what he's done for this organization. All the corners that you see making progress, yes, Zimmer is part of that, but Zimmer is pretty savvy for bringing Terrence Newman here to help. Uh, you know, you're 32 years old. You got a bad back. You're going to need a new hip. Uh, you, you, you got some money in the bank, but you don't have millions in the bank. I'm not helping any young guy either. The hell with it. I need one more year. I need one more year, one more year of those paychecks because my wife's home spending money even as I'm playing. I, I wouldn't help me. That game's too hard. That game takes too much out of you. It damn near kills you. The hell with the rest of them. That, was, that, would, be my, that would be my attitude. Yeah, except for if you can help other people, they'll yeah. just keep giving you a halfway decent paycheck. Yeah, that's true. Someone's going to make like a million and a half, so... Smart enough know, to be a coach someday. Smart enough to be a head coach someday. So, Collar, we learned that Royce's the Ben Roethlisberger of, of Sports <laughs> yeah, Talk right. Radio. Yeah. Yeah, You're I'm drafting a, Mason Rudolph to hell with you. I'm the farm. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, don't, right. that, don't talk to me. Go talk to somebody else. Yeah, I'm farm, <laughs> man. I do, I do that, too. Terrence Newman, head coach someday. I, you know what, I think you're going to have to talk him into it probably yeah. because he seems like a guy that doesn't want to really be in the limelight from just knowing him a little bit here, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, if you went up to Terrence Newman right now and told him to look at a defensive scheme on a single play, he could tell you every single person's assignment, and that's like Mike Zimmer. I mean, he has a similar mind to Mike Zimmer where they know every single thing that's going on on that field, but the area where he might not want to do it would be just, you got to manage a whole heck of a lot more than just what your guys are doing and what the technique is on each play and all that. I mean, you got to be the face of an entire organization. I'm not sure that he wants to do that, but it wouldn't surprise me in the least considering this guy's depth of knowledge and his ability to get through to people is really impressive, too, that he finds ways to relate to these younger players so they, they listen to him. I mean, a lot of first-round picks, like, you know, they'll just say, hey, I'm a first-round pick. I don't care what you say. And he's even brought Mackenzie Alexander along, who didn't want to learn this at all. So, uh, yeah, I think that that part of it would probably be the, the best asset he has is that he can relate to people and teach them. And I think he would make a great coach, whether it's head coach or position or whatever it's going to be. And I, I wouldn't be stunned if it's here. Hey, if Kirk Cousins suffers a uh, season-ending knee injury and gets dragged off the field, give us a call before the uh, 6 o'clock hour, will you? <laughs> I will do that. Thanks, guys. Okay. Uh, Matthew Collar will be back. Your guys, you heard them last night, but yeah. nobody stuck around. Johnny, did you hear this song? I did. It okay. was the third or fourth song they played, actually. The crowd had to like that one, didn't the they? The crowd, uh, it was uh, received well. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. So yes. how many people they, they put in there at that amphitheater? A couple thousand, right? I, I think it's around 2,000. I once yeah. knew that number for sure, but I, I don't remember. But I think it's... Outdoors. That. How's sound outdoors? Sounds incredible. Wonderful. Really? Yeah. Down in the... Is it a little valley or what? It's a, a little valley, like an amphitheater kind of setup. Well, uh, what a 
if I'm a buffalo or something? Do I have to listen to that car? I mean, you do I want a buffalo? Storm out of, I mean, if I want to <laughs> storm through the fence and kill everybody, well, I would think. Well, you you do have to listen, but they have a curfew, ten thirty. Okay, they quit playing because they don't want to disturb the animals after ten thirty. Mm-hmm. Apparently, okay. well, uh, but yeah, the settings, do the animals know it's ten thirty. Yeah, well, that's a the good animals question. start roaring at ten twenty five, saying, "End this damn thing! <laughs> I got to go to bed." Will you yeah, shut the on, music geez. off? Minnesota Zoo, though, what a fantastic venue for it's, live music. Yeah. It is so great. As you sit in the amphitheater uh, in the back, there's trees and water. And, oh, it's just and they serve just beer. Gorgeous. And well, one of us that. found out uh, Did they also night. serve mosquitoes? Oh, yeah. I got yeah, a couple of bites. A I got a couple uh, of bites. Human nights in this. I don't like mosquitoes. It was also <laughs> a very uh, highly populated concert. Uh, a lot of uh, it was a sellout for sure, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Plus, they had a lot of SROs that they must have given to mm-hmm. uh, people that they know, and it was tough to move around. So okay. uh, it was uh, it was a busy night. Out I there. beat the traffic. Great concert, though. Yeah, Great right. concert. Well, so. true Minnesota. That's right. Uh, Johnny, <laughs> I had to get home. I had beer to drink. What do you got, Johnny? <laughs> well, the Twins sweep their uh, quick two game series against the Pirates, a six to four win today. Logan Forsythe had three RBIs. Bobby Wilson two RBIs, including. <laughs> A home run off the facing of the second. He hit the long home run, but before that, he made all of us who admire Mike Redmond weep. He was a Mike Redmond hit of all time. Remember when the right fielder used to play like 14 feet behind the second baseman? He'd still plop one in front of him. (laughs) That's what That was what Wilson was. His first RBI came from that. For a second, I thought you were talking about Redmond in the locker room. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different deal. What I say to the Pirates. Yep. You can, you got me right now, That's not but I got you. That's not funny. The twi- <laughs> <laughs> brutally honest, Patrick Royce at this point. Why not? <laughs> nice. <laughs> right. Nice. Keep trying, but that does not. Okay, I'll try one more time. What I said no. to the oh, 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 I thought you would try it again. Swing and a miss. Is there any way we can get that off the button box? No, no, okay. no. That's Rook not going anywhere. That one, he? The Twins will now play a 40. When's that guy going to get a haircut? My God. I think he's uh, going to see how long <laughs> it can go. Now, maybe maybe he's feeling like he's short a box. I'll give him a 20 if he promise me to get a haircut. <laughs> the wife said she's not cutting it. It's too long. Too long. Yep. She well, won't cut it. Why would she cut it? Well, that's, she always that's, does. That's his barber. God. Come on. He's a weird human being. <laughs> Sniffs carpet and doesn't get his hair cut. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. You bet zero rest sniffs carpet, nothing no, else. He recommends yes. yeah, that you get down on your knees. You only do it if zero rest has fixed your carpet. Right. The twins, what I said? Oh, I'm sorry. No, don't, don't. twins will now play a four-game weekend series against the Tigers at Target Field. Uh, we Second did, place on the line. This is this is the yeah, Tigers' last chance. Really. Important. Uh, we, we do have some former Twins news today. Yes. Oh, we, yesterday we had Dozier on death's door, and then he played yeah. last night. Went over four, but he yeah, played. We, we had him. We had him having open heart surgery. And My he wife came home from work in tears, wondering what the hell was wrong with Dozier, <laughs> and, and, he, and he was out there playing. Good. The Orioles announced today they've released uh, Danny Valencia. Oh, oh swag out! Somebody will take him for a, that wants somebody to get a hit against a left-handed pitcher. He yeah. had been designated for assignment recently. Nobody claimed him so uh, uh, because he was making 1.2 mil. So you're right, Patrick. I bet somebody Is that all he's making? Yep. When Holy I find God. the guy... That deleted when in doubt swag out. <laughs> There's going to be a battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Royals uh, have placed right-handed reliever Blaine Boyer on release waivers. I didn't know Boyer was still God, playing, frankly. Please, nobody tell Falby and Levine. He'll be coming <laughs> here. <laughs> God, and, I hated that guy. 
and the Phillies announced that catcher Wilson Ramos has been activated from the DL for tonight's ball game. Where's he now? Philadelphia. 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 He got really? traded. Go get him, Wilson. And if he gets released, somebody please yes, tell yes, Valvin yes, yes, Exactly. Right. Uh, by the way, uh, your guy Fernando Rodney came into the ninth he inning in a scoreless uh, game between the Oakland A's and the Seattle Mariners. He did. In the low run, but gave up about 17 base runners in the process. That's that's Fernando. That's That's what what he do. That's what What makes him fun. Is the cap still crooked? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Attaboy. Links lose But he can't shoot the arrow because he's pitching the eighth inning. Yeah, he's not closing. How great is it going to be when Oakland catches Houston and wins that division? Lynx lose to Chicago last night. Their chances of having a home game early in the playoffs uh, are not looking good. How do they lose to those mutts? They're 11 and 20, and they were ahead (laughs) of them. So you guys have to explain the new WNBA playoff format. So you only have one, one game. Single one no, no, that was last year too. The first was round, last year too? first yeah. round, one game. Yep. Sudden death. Second round, sudden death, yep. and yep. then the semis and the finals. Oh. Semis yep. is uh, two of two three, out of three, and then, and then the finals then are best of five. five. Okay. Best of five. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the links, Sunday, we don't have to worry about that. Best of five. So, <laughs> Sunday is the last regular season home game, and uh, at that game they will honor Lindsey Whalen. They host the Washington Mystics at Target Center Sunday at 6 o'clock. Uh, Whalen will be honored during an on-court post-game celebration. Here comes the cheap shot in, in three. <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to say, a.k.a., uh, I mean, uh, Ben Grieve, a.k.a. Mr. Lindsey Whalen, yes. was in a 24-player playoff for one spot in the 64-player bracket of the U.S. Amateur this morning. Wow. Yeah. 24 guys died. I don't think he made it. I he, didn't he did. He did not. Okay. He did not. How long did they have to play? They must have had to yeah, play three know. hours. They had 24 players. <laughs> uh, the Lynx uh, will make uh, more seats available at the Target Center, upper-level seats for that ball game because of uh, the honoring of Lindsey Whaling. All Whaling. right. We'll let you go, sir. Okay. We're running late here. So, Patrick... You know how uh, on that show that's on this radio station from 9 till 1 on a daily basis. I don't basis, know who's on it anymore. Right. But, uh, Phil's in there a little while and somebody else. Ever yeah. since about mid-May, um, yeah. they have thrown out the should Joe Maurer accept a trade if he's <laughs> if it's the offered. Yankees. They had him going to the Yankees or the Red Sox right. who, who need him. They're only averaging eight runs a game. Right? So... <laughs> Judd has routinely thrown out a column of, you know, what would happen if the Twins moved him, blah, blah, blah. Well, he did it again yesterday. Okay. He threw out another Mauer, should he do it before the August 31st trade deadline, which I then retweeted and just said, stop! (laughs) Yes. Replying was, boring Joe Mauer on Twitter and saying, when you run out of bullets, you just throw the gun. I thought that was Boring a pretty Joe day. had another good one yesterday. Oh, he's good on Twitter. One. Boring yeah. Joe. Uh, Boring Joe had two hits yesterday. Hey, and, uh, how about he, he, that? He today, right? He's climbing up that all-time he's list. in the 270s, and uh, the RBIs are not exactly uh, coming with uh, great regularity. They won today, though. Uh, came back. Jose Barrios was uh, uh, terrible. Uh, basically terrible. Yeah, the ball was not coming. Out it was of his not hand. coming out of his hand, and I don't think he got through the fourth. No, I say when you get when you're getting relieved in the fourth by Oliver Drake, is it Oliver? Yes, Oliver Drake. You're in, you're in trouble, <laughs> and uh, they get, they fell behind four to two. Came back one six to four, uh, and a nice little uprising. One a blue pit by Bobby Wilson, then a home run by Bobby Wilson. All right, gentlemen, I think I mentioned this yesterday. The uh, world. 
championships of four-wall handball, which is, you know, the full court playing off the walls, and the U.S. championships uh, of four-wall, and the world championships of one-wall, which is uh, what they, a lot of people call wall ball. You just hit it off the wall, and and they, it is being uh, held right now here in Minneapolis. It's only held once every three years. And the the three main handball company countries are the United States, Canada, and Ireland, and it's held in one of those countries. And it's uh, it's it's here in Minneapolis. It's over at the University of Minnesota Recreation Center. If you want to know where that is, it's in that runway uh, between Washington Avenue and Williams Arena. There's a, you walk over there, and the, it's that big building. There's a parking ramp there, the old field house. And it's right where Cook Hall used to be. Okay. And it's it's right there. And the, you go upstairs, and there's no admission. You just, I don't think there's an admission. I walked in. And, uh, you, I mean, there's some security there, but you just got to talk your way in. And uh, there's 12 courts going, and these are the best players in the world. Uh, and there, But there's also 710 players. <laughs> They're playing over at Lifetime Fitness in the basement at Target Center, too. Okay. But, anyway, I had a a bit of a fascination with handball because sports illustrated used to always write about it they would have they would cover the back in the days the 50s 60s into the 70s before the nfl took over the world they would do they would do the hambletonian uh trotter race in dequin illinois and they would do all the track meets and they would do and they would always send somebody to do the U.S. handball championships because sure. there was characters. And one of the characters is a guy named Paul Haber, who was this hard-drinking guy. I might have mentioned this yesterday, the, the headline on the piece I wrote that Pat Putnam wrote about him uh, was uh, a triumph for boo- booze and alcohol wins another one. Uh, booze and cig- nicotine win another one, something like that. Well, Pat Putnam was a great uh, sports writer for Sports Illustrated, boxing writer. He's the guy that broke the news that Cassius Clay was going to change his name to Muhammad Ali. Oh, wow. But he was a great wordsmith, too. And he died in 2005, and I ran into a, I looked up a, uh, he died at 75. He would have a drink, too, I hear. L.A. Times uh, obit by Steve Springer, I found this. But I found this anecdote, uh, which makes me love sports writing more than ever. Before a 1989 middleweight fight, Iran Barkley complained that his opponent, Michael Nunn, had insulted him by calling him ugly and saying he had the brain of a turnip. Responded Putnam, which one are you objecting to? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that is a sports writing of its essence. Oh, that is, right fantastic. That is fantastic. We uh, shall return. This is The Ride with Racing. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? My life has changed. Well, I think with us it went on. I mean, it went in Liverpool with a club band. And suddenly we did a theater. That was like a step. And then we had a a 45 record, Love Me Do. And that was like, oh, we've got a record. I mean... It was like unbelievable, and only the BBC in England, and they would play it. We would know when they'd play it. It would be like 9.14, 9.15, 9.20, 9.30, 9.35, 9.40, 9.45, 9.50, 9.55, 9.55, 9.55, 9.55, 9.55, 9.55, 9.55, 9
they'd play the record and we'd pull over the car. Cause we were always and there's the only two Beatles left, and that's one of them, Ringo Starr. And Ringo, uh, I follow him on Twitter. Uh, at, you do? Yeah, at Ringo Starr Music. Dot com. He's got, uh, how many has he got? He's, he's got a few followers. Well, I would imagine so. Yeah, at Ringo's, lowercase, Ringo Star Music. And today he tweeted out, I was, I read the paper this morning and looked at a couple of emails, and then I thought I'd look at Twitter. Sure, right? sure. You gotta look at Twitter. As you do. You're like, preparing. It was probably uh, 9.30 this morning, right? Ringo sends out, 56 years ago, Wednesday... 15 August, meaning they do it backwards yep. over there, you know. They got a well, goofy way. Backwards, yeah. <laughs> like soccer, running the clock up instead of down. I don't like that. John, Paul, and George. John, Paul, and George. He doesn't put commas in either. Come on, Ringo, get with it. John, Paul, and George invited me to become part of the Beatles. It was a great day for me. No kidding. Peace and love. So this is fine. Thanks, Ringo. Sure. Thanks for reminding me of that. And then he's got... Um, an emoji of a guy with sunglasses smiling. All right. Then he's got the two fingers in the air. Peace. Then he's got the star with uh, more little stars around it. Okay. Then he's got the heart, the, 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 the totally pink heart. Then he's got the goofy guy with the smile and the glasses. Okay. And then he's got another, like a younger looking one of those emoji faces smiling. And then he's got another smiling emoji. And I just couldn't take this. This is my guy, Ringo. Uh, I like Ringo. So I tweeted back, you're Ringo, for God's sake. We know you're happy. You don't need all that flair as a PS to a tweet. Right? And, uh, I, I, I mean, this is the first time I've ever really uh, tweeted out to a celebrity. And, uh, you know, then, of course, uh, uh, my friend from the paper Rochelle Olson, uh, she, who's a troublemaker, right? Uh, tweets back, Ringo doesn't need anybody telling him what to flare. <laughs> and I respond, I, heart emoji, Ringo. I just feel like seven emojis are a... Is a bit much. Are a cry, and then I got somebody crying, <laughs> for help. I think it's a cry for help. That, he's, that poor Ringo... It's so hard up for attention, he's got to use seven emojis. Boy, you're going to start alliteration with the emoji on Twitter. I <laughs> yes, love it. Right. Uh, anyway, Ringo, come on. Cool it on the emojis, okay? Yeah.